0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Please welcome Eric. Good morning. Um, I'm just going to start in prayer real quick, uh, so if you all can join me. Uh, Lord, I just come before your presence, Father, to say thank you, to say how great you are, how amazing you are, Father. I just say thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that um, today and every day we may just give you our best, Father, that we may give you the best of our praise, the best of our time, the best of our attention, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that this moment, this day, may just be all about you, Father God. Um, Whether I stumble through this or say every word, it all means nothing, Lord, if, if it doesn't glorify you, Lord Jesus. So I pray in this moment that you may be glorified, that I may become less, Father, you may become more, and I just say thank you so much for this church, Father. You name me, pray, amen. Um, so I'm very excited to be here. That's my first so, Michael, keep track. You know, I was, I was talking to the, the Shermans this morning, and I was like, man, you know, my selfishness was really hoping for a low attendance Sunday, but no. <laughs> you guys decided to show up. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much, I'm, I'm so blessed by that. Uh, I know it's a sacrifice to be here, um, and it really truly means a lot. So when Pastor Mario asked me to, to share, immediately uh, was definitely humbled, uh, very nervous. And um, you know, Mario, he, he's like, hey, I'm going to ask you for the biggest favor I've uh, ever asked of you. He's he's always very cool, so he just thought it was going to be a usual kind of joke, like, you know, can you uh, pick up some uh, some bread for dinner tonight or something like that. Um, he's like, I uh, need you to share. And I was like, oh, you weren't kidding about biggest favor. Um, and, you know, they always talk about that when, when you're asked to share. I know Lavella shared this um, with the ladies at the brunch that, when you're asked to share, it becomes, um, you immediately get challenged and um, things come up, and I had, a, I had a rough week at work, but what they also don't tell you about is just the, the outpouring of love and encouragement that I've gotten from you guys. So I don't know if I ever do this again, um, but I will say this, I have been so blessed. I've been so blessed by people that are praying for me, people that are encouraging me, and probably the coolest thing uh, yesterday when my wife was just being amazing and supportive and giving me time to to just be with the Lord um, was just this radical reminder of how much I desperately need Jesus. Um, so again, if I never share again, um, that enough was just so worth it. So just pray that God be glorified. So it's the month of February and um, Pastor Mario asked me to share on um, dating, mating, and waiting. I'm, I'm just kidding. He did not. Um, but as Christopher said, I've, I'm eight months into a training uh, with Kai Alpha Campus Ministries, and our goal is to be on a campus. Uh, we're praying for that, and it's uh, it's gotten a little bit difficult to get there. Uh, but we're we're trusting in the Lord. We're submitting to His timing, and just pray with us. And I will say that. Uh, We're specifically praying for an opportunity to serve on the campus of of FAMU. So um, if you, we've already started training our kids. Um, Emmett strikes again, Um, but we just, we would be blessed. We'd be very blessed for that opportunity, so pray with us. So part of that training, I had to prepare an eight-minute sermon, an eight-minute sermon. Um, Fortunately, or unfortunately for you, my goal is for it not to be eight minutes today. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So Mario asked me to share that sermon with you and it was uh, titled Becoming a Community of Discipleship. And I'm very excited because um, the Sherman's perfect segue just kind of set me up. Um, the word he they talked about was not a, we don't have a prescribed um, solution, but we're about making relationships. And I think a lot of times for, just for me specifically, the word discipleship, I've complicated it. Um, and I've, I've just made it into this thing that became so unreachable, so unattainable. Um, so my goal today is to try and just start a discussion. Uh, my goal today is to, is to challenge myself and, and challenge you, and let's talk about what discipleship is. But I know at least one person here has got my back on this. Any Simon Sinek fans? Natalie, for sure. Um, so Simon Sinek did a TED Talk about starting with the why. He says how all the major successful businesses, they are successful because they understand their why and they're able to communicate their why to the people because once people buy your why, they'll buy whatever else comes after that. So I wanted to share with you um, some of my whys uh, for why becoming community discipleship has been so important to me, especially in this season of my life uh, with Melissa and I. So uh, the first picture Uh, symbolizes one of my whys, right? So about 27 years ago, uh, yeah, for sure, clap it up, yes. Um, About 27 years ago, this amazing couple uh, made the commitment and the decision to obey the Lord's command and invest in becoming and creating a community of discipleship here in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, They came to FSU with that adorable little girl in the middle there. Um, and because of their desire to just obey our Heavenly Father, like many of you, uh, I am here because of it, and I am blessed because of it, and I am further in my walk with Christ because of it. Um, But probably the even bigger why um, is found in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. So he says, so this is Jesus, All right, so this is at the end of Matthew, right right before we close out um, the book, and you know, Adam talked about the Sermon on the Mount, and and there's been healings, and there's been, um, you know, the crucifixion and and the resurrection, and now he's getting ready, you know, to go back to be with the Father, and this is, uh, you know, the last thing in the book of Matthew he says to his disciples. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Um, if this is your first time here at this church, I will say a couple of things. Yes, the worship is always that awesome. The worship always glorifies Jesus. As you know by now, no, I'm not always up here. So if I really strike and miss, uh, please, please come back. Um, our pastor is is a gifted, humble leader, and you will be blessed by him. But you no, know, we are talking about worship in the promises of yes and amen, and, and what an awesome promise right there at the end. He says, and surely I am with you always, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he gives us this great commission, right? And we're talking about, um, he sends him to go make disciples, And for me, like I said a lot of times, it was was very complicated, like what is discipleship? I'm never gonna be qualified to be a disciple maker. Uh, So I wanna try and break it down and look at scripture and look at Jesus' example, and and let's talk about what discipleship is. So um, if we want to create a community of discipleship, then we have to begin to create a culture of discipleship. So if we wanna create a community of discipleship, then we have to begin to create a culture of discipleship. And we were in, in this training. We talked to a lot of uh, different Kayaafa directors and stuff. And there's one guy at UVA, and he says, "Culture is just what we do." And I loved it, right? Because how simple is that? Culture is just what we do. And culture is one of those buzzwords nowadays, especially if you're in, um, you know, business, right? We have to have a culture of excellence. Or if you're in teams, a culture of winning. Um, we have to have a culture of, of you know, anything else that you can think of. But and a lot of times it can be very confusing, but if we just boil it down to culture, it's just what we do. And if discipleship becomes just what we do, then I think we'll, I know we will become that community of discipleship that the Lord has called us to be. So with that, I have to begin to ask myself, um, personally, is discipleship what I do? Is, is that part of the culture in my home? Is that part of who I am? And uh, I, I can stand here before you and say that, um, for most of my life, it has not been. Um, culture has not just been something, not culture, discipleship has not just been something I've done. And this was, uh, it's been it's been a challenge, but it's been amazing to just see what the Lord is sharing and what the Lord is challenging me with. And just like I mentioned earlier, reminding me of uh, just how desperately I need him. So he calls us to go and make disciples. He doesn't call us to go make tithers. He doesn't call us to go make um, church goers or pew sitters. He doesn't call us to make volunteers. He calls us to make disciples. Um, and I think that's something that we definitely have to dive into. So let's take a look at what discipleship is. Let's take a look at Jesus. So Matthew 4, 18 through 19. Mason, you're doing a great job. You're the best, buddy. Yes. Hey. Michael knows the struggle. Uh, so Matthew 4, 18 through 19. So this says, Jesus calls his first disciples. So what better way to find out what discipleship is than to see how Jesus did it? So he says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So he's calling his first two disciples. And I really wanna focus on the word Follow. So he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So the reason I wanna look at the word follow is because I believe that today the word follow has lost any form of meaning. Um, the word follow has no real, carries no weight to it, right? When we think of follow, um, we think about clicking a button and boom, I'm following somebody. There's no real commitment, there's no real change. Um and 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 Jesus wasn't asking them to just follow them from follow him from a distance or just, you know, when you feel um, comfortable, you know, listening to a podcast or like one of my pictures, and I want to challenge that thought process. I have a super smart friend, um, way smarter than I'll ever be. His name is Robbie Anderson. He's a Georgia Tech, and and Robbie, you know, smart people just use words that um Everyone else is like, what? And he always talks about, you know, gotta create a paradigm shift, right? So, uh, you know, just changing something that has been so embedded in, in um, our community and our culture. So uh, I'm gonna attempt to create a paradigm ship, shift with this word follow. So let's look at this word follow. Um, I'm a history teacher, so naturally I wanna look at the history. And... Um, I'm an okay history teacher. Michael's way better than me, but he's he's helping me out. See, in uh, in Jewish tradition, right, a rabbi would look out, right, and he'd begin to look for disciples. Um, the rabbi would would pick the best of the best, and he would say, "Come follow me." The invitation to follow was an invitation to be in relationship. and going back to what the Shermans were talking about, right? if we're we're going to be in the business of discipleship, our capital has to be relationship. If we're going to be in the business of discipleship, our capital has to be relationship. And, And I'm also gonna challenge us with this idea of relationship as well because I think we've watered it down. You know, a lot of the frustration that I heard someone say is that a lot of times Um, He described relationships as having level one, level two, level three relationships. He said, a lot of times we want to have level one relationships, but then we want to ask for level three commitment from people, right? So much of my life, I've been so frustrated because, you know, I invite people to church and, 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 and they don't come, and I had to look inside myself and realize that, you know, I hadn't even invited them into my home yet haven't even invited them to, to share a meal with me and my family. So I wanted them to give up their Sunday morning, right? I wanted them to, to do something that they weren't used to, but I wasn't willing to invest in the relationship so that I could ask of them that level three commitment. So my challenges with that as well, when, when, we're, when we're, like I said, if we're gonna be in the business of discipleship and our capital is relationship, and we might need to change the way that we're, we're, we're looking at people. We might need to change the way that we're investing in people. We might need to change the way that we're loving people. So going back to that, the rabbi says, come follow me. And immediately when you are chosen in Jewish tradition, you know that he is asking you to follow him, which means leave whatever you're doing, submit to my authoritative teaching. So at the end of this process, you can be like me. You can be a rabbi like me. That's very, very different than what we're used to in this word follow. That's very, very different. When we ask people to follow us, we're not saying submit to our authoritative teaching so you could be more like us. We're saying, hey, it's cool if you wanna, you know, like my pictures or um, laugh at some of the stuff I send but we're not inviting people to truly have a a life-changing relationship. So there's intentionality here, right? There's intentionality here, and what I love about um, Jesus is that he's probably one of the greatest public speakers of all time, right? He always knew um, his audience, right? He was relevant without ever compromising the gospel, and I think this is a great example of his relevance, right? Because um, these two brothers, right? Simon, Peter, and Andrew, they know. They know what it means when a rabbi asks to follow them. They know, they were probably fishermen because they weren't asked to be a follower of a rabbi, right? So this was probably their, uh, their fallback plan. So the moment that Jesus says, follow me, they immediately knew what they were giving up. And the scripture goes on. It says they, they, they immediately followed him, but they didn't, it wasn't a decision that was made lightly because they understood the gravity of what Jesus was asking them to do. He's saying, leave your livelihood. Leave what you know to do, your career, to come follow me, to be more like me, I think for a lot of us, Jesus isn't really asking that much of us. He's not asking us to give up our career. He's not asking us to travel across the world. And maybe for some of you, he is. And that's awesome. But for some of us, he's just asking us to follow him, to truly commit to allowing his authoritative teachings and his love and his grace to change us, to be more like him. So I think this is about the time where I say, I'm finishing, I'm wrapping up, and then go like 15 more minutes if I'm doing this right. <laughs> but there's a couple questions that I had to ask myself after thinking about this, this view on discipleship, after seeing Jesus calling these brothers, and so the first question that I had to ask myself, and I would encourage you to ask it yourself, Are we following Jesus? But are we following Jesus under this new lens? Are we following Jesus the way he asked Simon, Peter, and Andrew to follow him? Are we following Jesus the way the rabbis would ask their disciples to follow them? You know, we're talking about relationships and and that has to be that has to be the most important relationship in our lives. That has to be the most important relationship in our lives. I mean, um, if not, then, <sighs> you know, I, I don't even, so let's go to John fifteen five. You don't have this one, I'm sorry, Mason. Um, but in John 15, five, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're looking at abide in me, right? He's saying, are you willing to be with me daily? Because you see, I have a, a lovely, amazing, awesome wife um, who I can't say enough great things about, so I won't, because then I'll really do like a 45-minute thing. Um, but I, I don't give up on my relationship with May-lease, Right? If I wake up in the morning and it's early and I leave the house before she wakes up and I don't get to be with her, I don't say, oh, wow, that's it. No. I go to work, I find a way to text her. If you had the opportunity, I, I, you know, I call her on my way home. I do everything I can to be in relationship with Melise because I love her. You know, I, I, I believe in investing in that relationship. I believe in letting her know how much she means to me. And I'm sad to say that it hasn't always been that way with Jesus. It hasn't always been that way with Jesus where I wake up in the morning and maybe I decide to sleep in a little bit longer and then it's almost like, oh, well, you know, I didn't spend time with him in the morning and the rest of my day is too busy and, you know, I'm not gonna pray in the car. I'm not gonna find time to worship. You know, Sunday isn't the only day we worship, church. Sunday isn't the only way we worship. on a side note, if we're not gonna worship, if we're not gonna worship our Savior in the privacy of our home and in our cars or wherever it is, then we're not gonna give him our best on Sunday. That was a tangent, but. So are we willing to fight to be in relationship with Christ because you see, we do it everywhere else in life. I wanna be a better teacher. I go to um, workshops. I wanna get in shape. I join a, a gym, I get accountability. You know, I, I, I was waking up at like 4.50 in the morning because I was so committed um, to, to work out in a community of, of, of guys. And you see, we do it in so many other areas of our lives we'll download apps, we'll we'll plan out, you know, we'll schedule our time, we'll schedule our week. But too many times I have not given that same passion and same dedication to the one relationship that truly matters. To the relationship with Jesus that's gonna help me ultimately be more like him. So are we following Jesus? Not like we follow our favorite celebrities Right, because when we follow them, we don't become like them. Right, I, I follow I follow the Rock. Um, I'm not taller. I'm not, you know, um, more muscular, or I'm not getting any movie deals. But are we willing to follow Jesus like the disciples were willing to follow Him? Because when 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 we're in relationship with people, we just can't help but become more like them. alright I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Michael a couple years ago. When I first started teaching at Swift Creek, we were we were um, we were talking, and someone said something funny, and I started laughing, and and I I, I to, I went <laughs> right, I know it's embarrassing, and at that in that moment, if you know Michael, he's very uh, quick witted, and he goes, look at him, look at Mr. Rodriguez with that squirt bottle laugh, you know squirt bottle gets stuck. Um. And I can honestly say that if you hang out with Michael enough, guess how Michael laughs now? With a squirt bottle laugh. (laughs) But that's what happens, right? When we're committed to being in relationship with people, we're going to become more like them. So let's commit to be in a relationship with Jesus. And I I heard someone say uh, earlier this week, you know, extravagant time with Jesus, and extravagant time with Jesus can be different for all of us. Maybe you honestly look at your schedule and you say extravagant time with Jesus is 15 minutes. Or maybe you look at your schedule and you say, it's wide open, right? Extravagant time with Jesus is an hour. But I promise you, if you're faithful in this small, if you're faithful in those 15 minutes, if you're faithful in that hour, the Lord will bless you in those 15 minutes. And I'm not talking about, he's gonna start, you know, you know, here at Mosaic, he's not gonna start raining down money from heaven, but he's gonna bless us with his identity. He's gonna bless us with his peace and with his joy. So the second question I had to ask myself, and I challenge you to ask yourself as well, are we inviting others to follow us as we follow Christ. I spent so much of my time on question one, my following Jesus. You know, the disciples spent all this time with Jesus. They saw the crucifixion, they saw the resurrection, but that was just the beginning for them. There was so much more that Jesus had for them by calling them to go and make disciples. But I've been so content with just staying in that number one. And to be honest, I haven't even been very faithful in it. So when I look at this question, I had to I had to answer it truthfully. And and I said, no, I haven't been, I haven't been inviting people to follow me as I follow Christ. Um Mason's been been married for two weeks now. Woo! Britain's here, her family's here. Um, so blessed by them. But, you know, in, in his wedding, uh, Micah gave probably one of the best uh, best man speeches I've ever heard. And one of the things Micah said to, to Mason and Britain, he said, make Jesus the center of your marriage. And the best part of that is that he said, it's not just going to happen. It's not just going to happen. And so many times I've fallen into this trap of passivity or passivity. Passivity? Passivity. Maybe I made up a word. Where I just think it's going to happen. I just think because I'm friends with somebody and I'm a good person, they're going to come to know Christ. Let me tell you, if that was true, a lot more of my friends would be sitting in these pews. And they're not. We pursue everything, I I pursue everything passionately. And a lot of things I'll speak about without fear. You know, we'll we'll go on social media and and, and we'll share our our political stance without fear, without fear of being too pushy. But when it comes down to, to asking someone to follow us as we follow Christ, whoa, I don't want to be too pushy. Now, yes, we need to have wisdom, right? And and I believe being in relationship with the Lord, he'll give us that wisdom on how we handle our our relationships with, with our peers. But I'm begging you, don't fall into the trap that I fell into. And then if I don't guard myself, I still fall into. Now, I had to have a conversation with Bryce and I've been friends with Bryce for... Eight years, nine years, time flies and you're having fun. Um, and I love Bryce and I love Mackenzie. And, and we've been through some stuff together. But yet, when I, when, I, when I reflected on our relationship, I realized no matter how much we had gone through, no matter how many dinners, no matter how much um, laughing and whatever, you know, insert, we never truly had conversations about what Jesus was doing in our lives, because, like Micah said, it doesn't just happen. Jesus didn't just hope that um, Simon Peter and Andrew would be his disciples. It doesn't just happen. And before you know it, we're we're in relationships, we're in our marriages, we're in our friendships, and before you know it, you know, we'll we'll um, we'll talk for hours and hours about football and about music and about jokes and we won't talk about Jesus. We won't talk about what he's doing in our lives, not to boast in ourselves, but to boast in Christ. We won't talk about how he's changing us. And that was a tough conversation to have, first with myself, then with Bryce into ten, honestly, um, I had to apologize to Bryce because we had made a decision to to enter into a discipleship relationship and and um, let it fall by the wayside. You know, so I'm 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 asking uh, for your grace. I'm still being challenged with this, and I'm still learning and growing, and just hope that uh, you're challenged as I am. So let's not fall into the trap of passivity. passivity. Because this is is what's gonna happen, right? We're gonna make a decision to follow Jesus. We're gonna make a decision to make disciples. Something's gonna happen. Your schedule's gonna get busier, right? And a lot of us, we're we're not gonna um, suffer some major persecution. What's gonna happen is we're gonna get busier. We're gonna get more tired. We're gonna begin to, to doubt, are we enough? The most freeing thing is that we're not enough, but Jesus is. And that's why we go back to that first question. Are we following Jesus? So oh, in um, 1 Corinthians, 11:1, I believe, um, Paul says it beautif- beautifully. He says, "Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And he gets it, he understands it. I can't invite people to follow Eric. I cannot invite people to follow Eric. Maylis has seen Eric without Jesus. Maylis doesn't like Eric without Jesus. I don't like Eric without Jesus. So I can't invite people to follow me. The last thing I want is more me's. I need to to ask people to follow me because I'm following Christ, because I am deciding to submit to his word and to his scripture so that he may transform me. So I don't point people to me, but I point people to Christ. And um, parents, if we don't make the decision to follow Christ, if we don't make the decision to invite our children to follow us as we follow Christ, it's no one else's responsibility to do so. Husbands, if we don't take the time to invest in our relationship with Jesus, if we don't take the time to bring our wives alongside us and say, follow me as I follow Christ, it's no one else's responsibility to do so. And I'm saying this because the same realization I had with Bryce, I had with my own relationship, where we go to church together, right? Elise and I, but if I'm not intentional about inviting Melise to follow me as I follow Christ, it's not just gonna happen. It's not just gonna happen. So I will begin to wrap up and somehow made it to 29 minutes, so I'm sorry, but thank you for your attentiveness. Um, I wanted to share a scripture out of Acts chapter two, which I don't have in here, but Mason's got me. Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47. So um, in Acts, we're looking at, 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 at the church, um, and I love this because I feel this, they get it. They get it. They understand what it is to follow Jesus, to submit to Jesus, and then invite others to follow them as they follow Jesus so that they too can be more like Christ. And look at what happens. Look at the blessing um, that happens in Acts. He says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common You know, um, at Mosaic Church, if if you're new here, you know that we're not. Um, Pastor Mario would say we're not in the business of, um, you know, trying to sell something that that isn't, or just trying to f- fill the pews with with church attenders or tithers or whatever it might be. Um, we're we're in the business of of discovering Jesus in a mighty way. We're in the business of increasing numbers, not for Mosaic Church to get a new sound system, but we're in the business of increasing numbers so that more disciples can come to know Christ, so that we can go out and connect in community, so we can go out and serve our community, and in boldness and in Complete and total understanding that we need Jesus, invite others to follow him. So, those two questions I encourage you to ask yourself Am I following Jesus? Am I following Jesus? Am I submitting to his authoritative word? So, by doing so, I may be transformed. And am I inviting others, like Paul said, to follow me as I follow Christ? You know, Pastor Mario says, we cannot give what we do not have. We can't offer someone else a relationship with Christ if we don't have one ourselves. We can't offer someone a life-changing experience with Christ if we don't have one ourselves. So am I following Jesus? Am I inviting others to follow me as I follow Christ? Lord, I thank you for this day, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your challenging and convicting words, Lord. I thank you that you challenge us, but yet you comfort us, Father. You say that you will be with us, Lord. There's no greater blessing. There's no greater blessing than to be in your presence, Father. There's no greater blessing, Lord, than to know that that you are with us till the end of the age, Father. And I pray, Lord, that as a church, that we may just lock arms, Father God, and make a commitment or a recommitment, Lord, to follow you, Jesus. To follow you, Father, under this, this, this fresh understanding, Lord, of what it truly means to follow you, Father God. That we may submit to you, Lord, not to ourselves. We submit to you, Father. that We may submit to your authoritative teaching, Lord Jesus, and by doing so, you may begin to transform us, Lord. That people may see us and they may see you, Father God. As it says in scripture that <laughs> that even in our weaknesses, Father God, we may boast in you, Father. That in our humanity and in our brokenness, Lord, people may still see you, Lord Jesus, because we have made the decision to follow you, Father. Help us, Lord, to not fall into the trap that just think that it's, it's just gonna happen on its own, Lord Jesus. That just because we have dinner with people and just because we're nice to them They're gonna come to know you, Father. But help us, Lord, to, to have the confidence in our relationship with you, Lord, that we may invite people into our lives to walk alongside them, Lord. Not because we're better, not because we've arrived, but because you are worthy, Father God. Begin with me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this church, Father. Thank you for Pastor Mario, for our elders, for our worship team, for everyone that's here, Lord, to just make your name great. Be with us today and every day and encourage us, Father, to just cling to you. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.